This podcast was produced by Sean Western Media. From a dimly lit cupboard somewhere in England, two people chat about communications. Sometimes they talk about other things. Welcome to From the Comms Cupboard. I would say that it's everybody's responsibility to handle our data with care. I'd agree. Well, and, and end of the episode. <laughs> end of episode. End of episode. Of course it is. So why, why are companies collecting so much data about us? I suppose primarily to sell us things or to know more about us so that they can... Sell us things. Sell us things. <laughs> but there almost seems... You know, I, I'm on the fence on this one because I think it's great when you get a service or an innovation that uses our data and makes things easier for us. You know, mm. how to get somewhere with mapping data and it knows where home is for us and all that sort of thing. So it's, it's about intentions, isn't it? It's about intention. What but do they want to use that for? Is what? it to help me or is it to sell me something? Yes. But but there is an element of trust. We have to trust Google and we have to trust Apple. And and then when you see them on the news in front of a tribunal, <laughs> you start to think, they know where I live. They do. They know what food you buy. They know what food I buy. How what dare What websites they? you go on. What websites are going on. What podcasts you listen to. What podcasts I listen to. And, and it's none of their business. <laughs> Unless you tell them Unless I tell them. But then it's not always a choice, is it? It's not. I mean, sometimes it seems like you can't sign up for the simplest of things without giving away an awful lot of information. Do you know one of my real pet hates? Go on. Someone takes your passport at a hotel and photocopies it. Mm. Imagine, Imagine how many photocopies of your passport there are around the world. Yeah. I've stopped doing it. What do you say to them when they ask? I don't want you to photocopy my passport, please. And how do they react? Well, I think the last time we did it, I think you were with me, weren't you? And they, uh, I think they said, oh, we, we don't, we don't need that. I, I can't actually remember how it panned out. Actually, they, they realised they didn't need it. I think they realised they, they didn't need it. were in a habit. It. And they'd never had that resistance before, perhaps. So. Well, isn't security all about the habits as well? So people had, you know, it was needed in the past that we had to have a photocopy and then they realised it takes someone to tell them, actually, why do you need that? Because all you're doing is holding data that you then have to control. Mm. And I think it's pretty clear that most people don't know how to control data, right? Most people don't. Most people are not educated about it, I think, especially at work. Yeah. How many times have you received an email that says confidential? There's nothing confidential in it, Mm. but they've marked it confidential. Doesn't that then mean you can't do certain things with that information? Well, absolutely, because an email, if you, you don't have to sign a document now, the email is legal proof Mm. of your acceptance. So surely if an email says confidential, then all of the rules around the confidentiality apply. How many people do you think understand about how you would mark a document or mark an email correctly? I think it would be scary. A scarily low number of people would absolutely understand. And I, I don't think it's always their fault either. Security is one of those things 
that isn't really spoken about as much as what to wear at work, your dress code, and you know the trivial things about work, but actually security is one of the biggest things. And it's not just security about the company, it's mm. security about your customers' information. Absolutely. Where does that go? Who who actually keeps it? Who needs to see it? Who, who needs to see it, yeah. Do you know what I did recently? Go on. I got an email from a dental surgery that I haven't actually been a customer of, a client of. What is the word for? Patient. A patient of for about three or four years. So I don't go to that dentist, but they sent me an email. And I said, well, thank you for sending me the email. And then I asked them for my information for under GDPR rules, and they have a month to comply to tell me what information they hold on me. And, well, there's no point to me telling you this until I hear back from them. But it'd be interesting because it's the first time I've done it. Now, how many of those GDPR requests, I think they're called access requests. Okay. How many of those do you think a business gets these days and doesn't know what to do with them? Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I would imagine they don't get that many requests because there's probably not that many people who understand that they can make that request. Exactly. And the ones who do are maybe making those requests to all sorts of businesses. Yeah. Rightfully. Mm -hmm. Because we pass through so many systems through our lives as we change jobs, as we move house. I mean, I had a good example. Um, bought a car three years ago and the same company I bought a car with still hold the information on me and still pester me to buy another car with them, even though I live 300 miles away. They still know how to contact you, what your name is. The actual data you want them to know is that you're not going to deal with them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but they ignore that. They yeah. just take your name and address. Here's a customer. Let's go and pester him for three years. So while we're, a lot of us are working out of offices these days, what are the best ways to stay secure? I mean, probably not at the moment because cafes are shut, but people are sat in Starbucks, or, you know, we see hundreds of people sat in cafes and around the UK working on laptops. How many of them do you think are just using that, that free Wi-Fi? Oh, God, can you imagine? Yeah. Free Wi-Fi, open Wi-Fi that isn't protected is... Well, it's, it's like opening your suitcase in the middle of an airport and your suitcase is full it's of all your... And turning around. Knickers. <laughs> and going and getting a coffee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> turn around and go, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, walking off, going to get a coffee, coffee and leaving your suitcase open in an airport. You know, people always say it won't be me, but yeah. you, I think you can play around with your own data if you like to, but mm. if you're working on behalf of your employer in a coffee shop, you need to be using... VPN, the virtual private network. You need to make sure it's private, tether off your phone or something, but don't work off the coffee shop's Wi-Fi. Mm. But your question is, how many people will be doing that without knowing that they should be doing that? Are we saying this is um, something IT department need to be saying a bit more? I think they often are. I mean, everywhere I've ever worked, those messages are there. But how do we make them get into people's heads? Because I think 
one side is saying something, maybe not in an engaging way, how do we, as comms people, get that message out there? Because mm. GDPR, that doesn't sound exciting. Well, it's not. They never are. Password they're, protection doesn't sound exciting. They're written by lawyers. <laughs> GDPR written by regulators. Marking documents doesn't sound exciting. How do we, how do we make that better? Oh, sexing it up. Making it sexy. Comsing it up. Comsing it up. Comsing it up. Let's coms it up. Yeah. I, I think there was a data breach, I think, a while ago by Virgin Media. And they tried to gloss over it, saying it wasn't, you know, nothing was really taken. It wasn't really a data breach. Which is a strange thing, because I absolutely think it was a, a, a data breach. And they said it didn't occur as a, as a hack. But it doesn't have to, because sometimes the data breach is... Um, well, Well, let's take, for instance, a breach is a breach. If a, if a kettle leaks water, it's still being breached. Whether it was a mouse with a blowtorch or whatever, it doesn't take a hacker to take the water from my kettle. It could just be me having left the kettle on its side mm. and the water came out. And I think that's the same for companies. How do we, how do we help people understand that? Uh, it's a minefield. I mean, I have a good example right now that we're all washing our hands more. We're all washing. Let's like say hands. I was washing my hands before. Arnold Schwarzenegger washes his hands fifty times a day. I can imagine. If you have a tiny horse and a tiny donkey in your house, I'd imagine you need to wash your hands even wash your more. Hands, yeah. But does it take the breach? Does it take the big incident? Does it take someone losing their job or the company losing lots of money for people to actually take these things seriously? How how can we actually just make people take that seriously beforehand? Well, you're talking to someone who thinks the worst of people sometimes. <laughs> And I think it often takes for something to happen before we do anything about it. And I think security is one of those things. It's a sad fact, I think, that it would take a data breach, such as leaving a clear plastic bin bag full of people's information on the street, and then a policeman coming by, as I heard this anecdote recently, a policeman coming by and going into that building and saying, did you know you just broke the law by leaving this on the street? Even though you finished with it, it's still people's information. And if that employee was then hauled through the coal, coal, coals, hauled over the coals, that's pretty hard to say after lunch. Then, sadly, that employer would have to perhaps fire that employee and then there may be a fine on the company, etc., etc., and then the rest of the workforce understand how it works. Yeah, but it could have been stopped in the first place by someone sensible saying, "This is important. This is important information. You, what is it called? The machine, the shredder. You cross shred this and you put it in black plastic bags, and you don't leave it out on the street." 